Hey Waffle Gang, I do hope you are well. My name is Mark and today we're checking out some more relationship stories and if you do love a Reddit story, why not consider hitting that like, subscribe, maybe that notification bell too. Let's crack on with today's first story. Much love guys. Now, today's first story comes from Individual Yam 4036 and says, am I the arsehole for leaving after my mum kept joking about my childhood and calling me her practice kid? My 19 male parents had me young and on accident. My childhood was nothing but money troubles and listening to my parents scream at each other. Things only got better when my mum left my dad and, and started seeing my stepdad. He brought financial stability and is more of a father to me than my bio dad ever was. They have a daughter together, my sister, Melody. I'm not blind. I know they shower her with attention and buy her everything they can because I had nothing when I was her age. When I was younger, it frustrated me to see her loved in a way I never was. But now I know that my mum did her best with the experience and resources she had. It's just bad luck that it worked out the way it did. With that context out of the way, Melody recently turned four and my parents went all out. They invited not only all the family in the area, but also some of Melody's friends from daycare and their parents. Once my mum and the other mums had a few drinks each, they started gossiping. The conversation, which I was not a part of but was listening to because I was bored watching the kids, turned to sharing stories about their kids. My mum, instead of sharing cute stories about Melody, decided to tell a group of random mums about the time I tried to make my parents stop fighting by collecting change lying around the house and giving it to them. I was seven. She was laughing the whole time and ended the story with, ah, the things you learn with the oldest practice kids, am I right? Stepdad's name and I never fight in front of Melody. I think that's why she was so much easier than my name. That story is a painful memory for me. So I was hurt that she thought it was so hilarious, but I didn't say anything and tried to brush it off. The mum started talking about kindergarten because a few of them have kids who will be starting in the fall. My mum, who by then was shit-faced, decided that it would be a great idea to share a story of, of how she carried the school into letting me do gym class in my winter boots because that was the one pair of shoes I had. Again, she told the whole story with a grin on her face and laughing. The last thing she said made me almost blow up. Thank goodness Melody can have all the shoes she wants. Though with how much shit my name pulled at that age, maybe it was best I didn't waste my money on the practice kid. I text my mum. I'm glad you find how poor and miserable we were so funny, but it really upsets me how you clearly think of me as a practice for Mel. I'm going so someone should watch the kids. I then left without talking to anyone. When I got home, I checked my text messages and found a rant from her. Then that they were her stories and she could feel any way she wanted. She called me sensitive for not taking a joke and suggested I get a therapist. I already have one and she knows that because I was jealous of a four-year-old. She said I was rude for leaving. I was too upset to respond then, but after some thoughts, I may be in the wrong. Am I the arsehole? That is absolutely awful. And as I was reading this, I was picturing the situation was, you know, a group of mums sat around in a circle drinking and chatting. And she's telling these stories. If I was sat there talking to her, I'd be horrified hearing that. Telling a story about the parents fighting while this child is running around trying to gather change around but to please them. That's incredibly sad. And the way that she calls you sensitive for not taking a joke at the end. And, you know, she says, they are my story so I can feel the way I wanted. So I got to ask myself and you and I 
I know I say it all the time when I read these stories, but I feel like I have to say it because I don't want to make it sound like it is easy. You know, dealing with a parent, someone you've lived with your whole life, it's incredibly complicated and I do understand that. So I know it's very easy for me to say things sat behind the microphone, but I have to ask, what does this person actually bring into your life? The way she's talking about you as the practice kid, the way she has pretty much says you were worth less. You sound like you've had a pretty traumatic childhood and she still doesn't sound like she's changed in any way or wants to bring anything positive into your life, which, you know, is just heartbreaking for me. But follow and pass is not the arsehole. That's completely bizarre behavior. Believe me, those other mums were horrified by these funny stories. She gets to feel how she likes. She feels like the arsehole in this story and in your life. Hope you can process this with your therapist soon. Opie says, yeah, judging from their facial expressions, my mum was the only one who thought she was being funny. And yes, I will definitely be bringing this up at my next therapy session. Sour Bitten says, not the arsehole, drunk words are sober thoughts and quotes, saying they were her stories and she could feel any way she wanted. And then says, in that case, those are your stories too. You're well within your right to be upset. You went through trauma. You're dealing with it to this day. You didn't ask to have those things happen to you and you definitely didn't ask to be mocked for them by your own mother. Hope you respond saying drunk words are sober thoughts, huh? That's a new phrase. I hope it's not true, but damn, I'm starting to think it might be in this case. Kitchen Dismal says not the arsehole. She told you what she really thought of you and it's not pleasant. She doesn't like the reminder of her former life with your father and you are the product of that. I'd be taking a very big step back from her and seeing a therapist to process your childhood and what's happening now. And yes, those kind of mums would not have been too impressed with your mum with both what she was saying and the fact that she was so drunk at a four-year-old's birthday party. That really was not a good look. And there may be a price for her to pay that she doesn't realize yet. Little 500 Honda CBR says, OP attends a party as an invited guest and a fellow adult, 19, but somehow gets roped into watching the kids and is a good sport about it. Opie's mum snatches the opportunity to overdrink, overshare, and trigger some traumatic memories for Opie. Opie leaves rather than make a scene. Opie's mum with a surprised Pikachu face. Opie, it's time to find a way to radically cut down on the time you spend in mum's presence, while still maintaining a sibling bond with Melody, who is going to need you in her corner very badly in about 10 to 15 years. Yay for the therapist, they can help you generate options. Meanwhile, not the arsehole OP. This is a fuck around and find out in action. One more comment from Need More Snakes who says, not the arsehole, you were classy as fuck with how you handled this, my dude. The woman shit-faced drunk at a four-year-old's birthday party. However, ultimately, if she can feel how she likes about these stories, then so can you. I'm just impressed that you sent a quiet text and ducked out. You could have verbally scalped her in front of everyone and I wouldn't have really blamed you. So OP does update the post and they say, so to start, I'd like to thank everyone who commented on my last post. I read through as many replies as I could and some of you all had me sobbing. Genuinely, everyone says that the internet is a cesspit of toxicity, but that's not true at all. Mushy feelings aside, here's the actual update. So the first thing I did was talk to my stepdad. Contrary to some of you all's assumptions, I don't live at my parents' house. So I asked him over to breakfast to talk on a day my mum had to work, but I had off. He knows I usually plan around my mum's work schedule, so I think he knew it was serious beforehand. We sat down over eggs and I told him what had happened. He'd been doing something else at the time and was absolutely shocked. 
Apparently, my mum had told him a twisted version of events. According to him, she had said that I sent her an angry text because of a few harmless jabs that, that she was only kidding and didn't mean any harm. She also had conspicuously left out a drunken text to me. His reaction to the actual content of her jokes can only be described as deep sadness and frustration. He offered me true support and affirmation, something that I couldn't never picture my mum doing in a million years. My mum can be nice, but she's not great at anything deeper than platitudes. What did I ever do to deserve him? He was also completely blindsided by the fact that there was alcohol at a kid's party. Apparently, he had left planning to her and had no idea. I told him I want to go very low contact with my mum for a bit and asked for his help to see him and Melody without having to deal with her. He said that he understood and agreed to have me over when she's not around. He told me he would get my mum help with her emotions and her drinking problem. And I told him that she probably wouldn't cooperate and promised to help him get her the help she needs in what ways I can. A half hour after my stepdad left, I text my mum the following. Hey Ma, I've mulled over what had happened at Mel's party and I've come to the realization that our relationship is not healthy. You put me down for things that weren't my fault and laugh at how you and my bio dad screwed up my childhood. It hurts to hear you speak about me like that and I don't think you understand exactly how much. I've also come to the understanding that you serving alcohol at a four-year-old's birthday party without even telling dad isn't normal. This isn't a one-time thing. You start drinking at 8am and don't stop until bed. You have two problems and until you get some serious help with both of them, I would like very little contact with you. Please don't contact me again outside of an emergency. I then blocked her from texting me. I know this isn't as dramatic of an update as you all were hoping for, but I hope that someone can take something from it. I know it's only been a few days, but I have no regrets. Maybe going cold turkey off her was what I needed. I love it when an OP comes towards the end of their story and they say, you know, I know it's anticlimactic, which I don't think it was. It's your life and your story. But when they say that they would like us to learn from it in some way, you know, I think there will be someone out there. It may not be you, but there'd be someone out there who go, I've faced a similar situation to this and can relate to it in some way. And I think, you know, although it's incredibly sad, I hope it does help whoever it does. And I'm glad that OP does have some kind of support in their stepfather. I can't see the mum changing anytime soon, but what about you guys? What do you guys make of this situation? Let me know your thoughts down in the comments below. Let's move on to another story. And our next story does come with an update as well from the True Off My Chest subreddit from apparently Cacolded who says, My cheating wife has so many demands. I'm realizing this is a long story because I included details I felt were relevant, but I am probably being way too verbose. Read the TLDR if you want, but if there's a lack of clarity, read the wall of text. I, 30 male, and my wife, 30 female, got married recently. We were together for six years before marriage and engaged for three. Delayed the wedding twice because of COVID. Her mental health has always been a struggle. Depression, ADHD, anxiety. But during the relationship, it feels like it's slowly been getting worse. And COVID was really bad. She struggled with not seeing people during the height of the pandemic and anxiety from a family health scare. During this time, she lost her job, but got a new one quickly after that was remote. But therefore, more irregular with ours. I've always tried my best to be supportive, and she said in the past she felt I was the only person she's ever met who made her feel she could become who she wants to be. But I suppose that stopped being true at some point. A few months after our wedding, she got COVID, and also had long COVID symptoms for a while. 
it was very difficult mentally and physically. I think she was mostly recovered after several months when she got COVID again and long COVID symptoms again. We knew better how to manage it, so it improved slightly faster, but stress-wise, it all became too much. After she got COVID the second time, we started being much more careful with our masking. We only ate indoors for important occasions and wore masks in bars. We sat outside in the winter at any place that still had outdoor seating, but after a second COVID recovery, she spiraled into a depression worse than I had seen before. She decided to take a leave from work. During the depressive episode and leave, I fed her, did all the household chores and worked full time. During her leave, she started improving. She attempted to do many things like take classes, but the only thing she really did consistently was yoga. Her sleep schedule was really inconsistent from the depression, so she would often struggle to go to sleep, resulting in being up late and then napping and continuing to cycle with her late sleep times. This meant that she would take later yoga classes, after dinner, and then have energy. She would say she's going to a bar with friends from the class or that she was going to draw at some bar after, or that she needed to think about therapy, etc. Usually she would say her intention was to be at the bar for an hour or two and then come home, but she would inevitably say just another two hours while I'm thinking about things and do that again until bars closed. Then she'd come home, sometimes drunk. During recovery from a depressive episode and long COVID, I thought this was an unhealthy coping mechanism and it made her sleep even worse. It meant she'd sleep through the day and not get vitamin D. The sleep quality is so crucial for mental health as well. I'd say my thoughts on this, but she's always been defensive about feedback from me. I've journaled about this many times and talked to her about it, including asking her to talk to a therapist about it. But during our couple's therapy sessions, we never really got to the issues I had with her communication. We only talked about methods I should use to ensure I don't trigger her from past trauma and how we can both de-escalate very valuable things, of course. But this time, I suppose, was too much. During her times out, guys would talk to her, Eventually, one wore her down and she made out with him. She gave him her alternate email and they'd meet up to make out, eventually having sex. She also met two other people she told she wanted something purely physical with, but she says she never had physical sex with them. She would send dirty texts to them and masturbate to their texts. I discovered this when I picked up her phone to charge it and she was napping. We have each other on Face ID and Thumbprint and when you start charging, the screen lights up and shows past notifications. I saw a weird text, so I opened the phone and looked at it. I didn't think it was suspicious when I clicked on it and had literally zero suspicions until I realized what I was actually reading. I looked at it purely with curiosity because we were so open otherwise. I was distraught, but I also saw that this guy sent emails to her alternate email that she doesn't keep open by default. I sent myself the email so she couldn't deny anything later. She woke up from her nap and we talked and cried. I was so broken and numb but her remorse seemed so complete and she said that she was dying to be wanted and feel young and alive. She said she never wanted to be with anyone else. She said she's messed up mentally and she's so sorry she destroyed our marriage too. I wanted to work on this, her mental health and us, and I told her I wanted to be with her. The next day was hard, but we seemed to get through it somehow. Then she had a therapist appointment. We talked about it afterwards. The therapist seemed to tell her. She's never done this before, so it isn't who she is. She's feeling trapped and wanted attention. The leave from work and freedom is working for her mental health, which is true. And it was a violation of privacy the way I discovered it. And during this conversation, all these things she said very defensively and with an attitude of blaming me for her actions. I was not happy about the perceived lack of guilt. 
Over the next few days, she seemed to take responsibility and I had hope for our growth from this. But then she wanted to think about what to do about her job after afternoon yoga class. This was five days after I found out. After, she delayed when she'd come home again. And again, I told her to take her time until she told me she'd be home by two. I said she can't do the exact thing she did when she cheated this soon after cheating. How can she expect me to trust her? She had location sharing on her phone and I went to the bar she was at. I told her this again in person. She said she was staying until two and that's how it was. I left and she did come home later. I don't think she cheated or anything. After couple therapy the day after, she had another therapist appointment a few hours later. After that, she's basically not been home. She has told me semi-loose plans, having dinner with a certain friend, but not more than that. She says she needs space. She'll come home late and sleep on the couch until I wake up, then go to sleep in our bed until it's time to leave the house again. Based on our couple's therapy session, I think she's going to demand changes from me so she doesn't feel trapped. I don't want her to feel trapped. I want her to be healthy and to have healthy coping mechanisms and to want to be with me. She still texts I love you to me, but she hasn't said she loves me in a week. I'm so scared she wants to separate more completely. Not only for my sake, but hers. She has suicidal ideation. I just want her to be okay. I think she has projected her parents' relationship onto me and will see anything I do as controlling or annoying at this point. I think her therapist has heard her talk about me this way and as well and is encouraging separation. I don't think her therapist is wrong based on what she's heard, but I think it's possible my wife has been selective about what she tells her therapist. For example, she didn't tell the therapist she was cheating on me for two months it was happening. I guess that she also wasn't telling the therapist how often she was going out alone drinking. At our next couple's therapy session, I think I'm going to be told she's moving out. And if I don't want that, I'll be controlling her again. I don't know how it's come to this. When the couple's therapist found out, she told me just because she feels trapped does not mean that you are trapping her. But I'm scared that my wife who definitely has felt I walk over her in conversations, is choosing now to put her foot in the sand. Feels like the most unfair time and decision, but I don't want to lose her and start my whole life over. I also don't want to acquiesce to this and have her think she is right to think I want to control her. That would result in a life of resenting me in her mind. I know I'm not blameless. We got couples therapy before this happened for a reason. I'm argumentative and she gets triggered by confrontation from past trauma. We have worked on it a lot and I am doing better, but I'm not perfect. But above all else, I want her to be happy and healthy. I thought she knew that. So how can she think I want to control her instead of thinking she's coping unhealthily? I don't know how I came across this with text, but I'm kind of numb right now writing it. I can't stress enough that I try in every conversation to understand. Even if she feels I'm just trying to win or if the conversation gets heightened by my tone or her trauma. It's the number one thing we've talked about and it hurts so much that she really thinks I want to control her even though what I'm proposing, not demanding, is as mild as being at home by midnight on weekdays and trying to sleep well for her mental health. Gee whiz. Now, for me, I know there is people out there that's moved past cheating, you know, that's, that's recovered from it and are doing better in their relationships now, but... I just know from my perspective, I'd have been out, I'd have been checked out from that relationship in a very early stage of that post. But there was one comment on this one, which OP references in the update from his wife, Ten, who says, you're in the thick of this, so you can't see it for what it really is. She may have mental health struggles, but it sounds like you have done what you can to help her. You can't force her to help herself. She needs to want that on her own. You may not be tying her down, but she probably feels like your marriage is. 
I think she came close to death and decided she wants to do what she wants no matter how self-destructive that is or how much she hurts you. You can't fix this. If she is not on board with healing your marriage, there is no changing that. The more you try to control that, the more she will pull away. I don't think her mental health should be more important than yours. You have already prioritized her. Come back from infidelity. The cheating partner has to not just feel shame or guilt, they have to have a deep sense of remorse and willing to go the extra mile to help their partner and marriage heal. From the way you have described her since the day you found out, she is nowhere near remorseful. She wants to pin this on you and make it your fault. It's not. She doesn't want to put in the work to make it right. This is so cliche, but the tighter you try to hold onto the sand, the more you lose. Focus on your own healing and mental health. You're going to make yourself sick trying to chase her, accommodate her, and ultimately, you will lose yourself. Consider separation and really letting her go. I've never heard about that sand one before. The tighter you try to hold on the sand, the more you lose. Ooh, I have to use that one in the future. The OP updates the post and says, I'm going to give an update and then respond to some common feedback I got. After seeing the couple's therapist again, the couple's therapist and my therapist strongly felt my wife likely has bipolar disorder, one or two unknown. Triggered from long COVID or something. Some family also suspected it. Over the last few weeks, we've had a few cycles in which she comes back to me crying, apologizing, saying she doesn't want anyone but me. All the things I want to hear. We'll talk about what our future may look like, whether we need a change of location or some kind of reset. We make up, including sex. This form of absolution from her seems to calm her, but then she seems to get antsy again and leave for increasing amounts of time, again with unsafe behaviors. She's admitted to continued cheating in these times as well. I'm worried about it as she comes back from whenever she's been at like 6am and sleep for 14, 15, once even 19 hours. It feels very stereotypical bipolar behavior. Talking to my therapist, I've come to realize how unlikely it is that this will end up okay. I love this person and... As much as I want the best for her, it is not guaranteed that I'm actually helping. Not because I'm not doing all I can, but because all change for her has to be internal. And statistically, bipolar takes a while to treat. And even if it is treated very successfully, we go back to having a relationship in which she was so insecure about whether she was good enough for me, about her own intelligence and about confrontation. And that it'd be hard to think we'll make it regardless. I've basically made the internal decision that I'll be seeking legal separation. Basically divorced with separated finances, but she can stay on my health insurance. My therapist was also said that I do exhibit some patterns for control to alleviate anxiety. So some uncertainty will be good to learn to deal with it. I think it'd be a win-win for my mental state, my wife and my future. I'm basically going to prepare this all. And when I think my wife is in a stable place, I'll ask for separation. She has already packed her things, intending to move out anyway. So I think it can be relatively seamless. I'm going to take some solo trips and ask friends to plan a different trip with me as well. I've also been reaching out to many old friends and re-establishing my old community. This made me sad that I lost touch with so many great people and so happy that I've been able to get them back in my life. And for the feedback, many of you were right that she continued to cheat. His wife, Ten, the comment we read last time, was really amazing and said what I needed to hear. I can't tell you how appreciative I am of being kind while, while centering my well-being or others as well, and I'm glad you took the time. Otherwise, everyone implying I don't have respect for myself or I don't have self-esteem is simply wrong and usually not very helpful. Maybe for others, it would be a wake-up call, but I can't tell you how much it didn't feel useful at all. I genuinely have incredible resilience. 
lost a parent early in life and made it through childhood poverty and self-esteem. And I am personally incredibly proud of myself for that I consider what is best for other people even when I struggle. I do not struggle with standing up for myself ever. I wrote that a week after I found out. I also want to caution the typical chorus of calling cheating partners every derogatory word in the book. Many deserve it of course, but life is usually not so black and white and while I don't excuse her actions, my wife is not how many of you describe her. People have complexity. She can lie to me and feel remorse. She can feel controlled without my being controlling. She can have trauma and extend that to me, but that doesn't mean I'm responsible for it. Not all lying is gaslighting. She could be empathetic to others and not to me. I'm not apologizing for her actions. She'll fear the consequences for them. In general, I found the tone of many comments surprisingly unhelpful, but hey, you get what you pay for. For the future, I think we should remember that many people posting on the sub are having some of the worst times of their life. Extending some grace is not that hard. Thanks for reading. But now I'm going to turn this one to you guys. What do you guys make of this situation? Let me know your thoughts down in the comments below. If you have a moment of time, of course. And just a huge thank you from the bottom of my heart for getting involved in today's stories. Your love, your support, your time always means the absolute world to me. And hey, I haven't seen what you've been up to in your hobbies just recently. There's been a lack of, <laughs> there's been a lack of hobby photos over on Twitter. So don't forget to send them to me at, at MarkNarrations. You know I love to see them. Thank you so much. And hopefully I'll see you in the next one. You bloody cheeky so-and-so. Much love to you. <laughs>